you are listening to the INCJ podcast, conversations about international criminal justice. Yes, so hello everyone. I'm very honored to be here with you today. My name is Pia Puolakka. I'm a senior specialist and team leader in the Finnish Prison and Probation Service. I've worked as a project manager for some digitalization projects, one of which we will present today. And I'm also involved in projects regarding the use of artificial intelligence for offender management and treatment. I'm also a member of the Europe's ICT expert group and part of the Council of Europe's Council for Penological Cooperation expert group. And by education, I'm a forensic psychologist, and today with my colleague, who will introduce herself uh, soon, we will present how we use virtual reality in rehabilitation in Finnish prisons. Okay, um, I'm Jenni Kaunamäki, I'm a forensic psychologist. Uh, currently, I work in the psychiatric hospital for prisoners. Um, before this, I have been working in a couple of other forensic hospitals for the last eight years, I think, mainly with patients uh, who have been um, who are not criminally uh, responsible due to mental illness and who are in involuntary psychiatric care. But right now in the psychiatric hospital for prisoners, uh, we have um, patients who are in uh, voluntary care and also patients who are here to, uh, by court order to, that we do some assessments for with, with them. They're usually uh, for criminal responsibility or, or um, some violence risk assessment or sexual violence risk assessment for uh, prisoners who are in the release process or are going to move on parole. So, um, uh, a big part of my work is actually uh, assessing assessing uh, people and also psychological interventions for for prisoners with conduct disorder or or problems with with uh, impulsivity or, or violence and and um, things like that. So so assessment and interventions a combination. Mm, I'm also a PhD stu student at the University of Helsinki, and that's the study I'm about to uh, present shortly. It's about uh, um, compassion-focused therapy and virtual reality, um, and how we can use that or that combination in rehabilitation of the juvenile offenders who have conduct disorder or uh, and callous and unemotional. Uh, traits. So this is quite interesting study project, which is in its early phases. But um, I'm interested in telling you about uh, what we have so far. What are our plans? But P, P are you promised to tell us uh, about the Finnish uh, smart prison project, isn't it? So would we start from there? Yes, we can start from there. And actually, uh, I try to uh, share my screen. We had a co project called Smart Prison Project during, during the COVID, I could say. So we started in 2018 with the idea that we are going to digitalize Finnish prisons and bring more digital services 
to be used directly from the cell. And even if COVID was very hard times for prisons, I think it speeded up a lot the use of digital services. So it was it was kind of a benefit also for our project that we had to do it during the pandemic. And we provided in-cell devices for a new women's prison. And now we are actually extending this uh, in-cell device model to all our closed units, which means that inmates can use uh, a laptop and a kind of prison intranet for communication and to a limited extent communication to outside via video calls and use of restricted internet connection. And also part of this new women's prison project, uh, we decided to start a virtual reality assisted rehabilitation pilot in three prisons. And in these prisons, the prison psychologists were mainly responsible to assist these sessions with inmates. And the purposes we had with the project were to help inmates with their self-management and relaxation, relieving uh, withdrawal symptoms in substance abuse rehabilitation wards, uh, also some skills training and exposure therapy to help with anxiety disorders and um, panic, panic attacks and phobias. And we didn't actually do much of a research, but we gathered structured feedback. And we were collaborating with the Tampere University and Helsinki University Hospital, uh, who provided us these virtual reality programs. And the first one uh, was a kind of a virtual forest by Tampere University. And we wanted to test whether it can enhance prisoners' psychological well-being and, and restoration, and also compare the benefits of real nature versus virtual nature. Some prisoners stay in very restrictive and isolated conditions. So, um, um, for example, due to security or psychological reasons. So we wanted to provide them something different also, and a way to get a taste of uh, uh, real nature, but in a virtual form. Prison as an environment, as you know, is quite harsh, requires massive adaptive resources in order to manage, and can be very restrictive, hostile, and abnormal environment. And inmates in general have poor self-regulation skills, mental health problems, and they use addictions and aggression instead of adaptive self-regulation. So the idea was to try to support adaptive self-regulation. And here is a screenshot of, of the virtual uh, nature we used with the inmates. Then we, had a, uh, we also uh, collaborated with Helsinki University Hospital. They had uh, VR programs that were originally intended to patients with psychotic disorders, paranoid and intrusive thoughts in social situations. But we concluded that uh, since inmates also have social anxiety, social cognition disorders, panic disorders, they would benefit from this kind of therapy. Exposure therapy to different uh, everyday situations which are uh, hard to train in closed prison environment and in isolation. 
where they more more easily aggravate also their anxieties and phobias. And we were provided a little treatment manual from the Helsinki University Hospital. And then we started to test. Here is a test picture of uh, having a metro travel, which can be very disturbing to, to some with serious anxiety and social situations, uh, phobias. And as we know, uh, addictions and drugs, drug use are often related to alleviate symptoms of anxiety, for example. Then the latest one uh, is a skills training pilot with a company called Virtual Dawn. They provide programs to train everyday situations management and phobia treatment. For example, visit to social office, job interview, responding to feedback, and phobia management of different situations. And we are testing this with especially young prisoners and prisoners also in vocational basic skills training. And we, of course, try to gather feedback. Here is a picture of the uh, one of the virtual dawn uh, simulations. Then the one that Jenny will talk about, I don't go into details now. This is a very interesting uh, research project Jenny is starting. It's a compassion-focused therapy combined with virtual reality intervention for young offenders with uh, antisocial uh, threats. And we were lucky to be collaborating with ex-prisoners who have been uh, uh, involved in making these virtual environments where you can test your management skills skills in uh, in aggression provoking situations. Jenny will talk more about that. Our preliminary feedback is positive and promising. We want to continue, and we know from previous academic research that this can actually work. It can alleviate many symptoms, starting from anxiety, PTSD, psychotic disorders. It can increase restoration, have positive impact on many skills, and uh, also alleviate and help with, uh, with anger issues and aggression. Here is a little link to a Business Insider document that was made of our project. Maybe you can get it later after this uh, live uh, session today. If you are not aware of, uh, in Europe, we have a forever forum who, uh, for people who are interested in contact, conducting research on virtual reality treatment in forensic settings specifically. You can find us also in LinkedIn. Some references you can check later, but now I will hand the presentation for Jenny at this point. Thank you. Okay. So about the, uh, the study project that I'm currently working uh, in, it's, um, it's a rehabilitation project, as Pia said, for young uh, offenders and, and, uh, um, and young uh, juveniles from reform schools who have callous and unemotional traits and imp who are impulsive and um, who have a conduct disorder. So um, quite nice bunch of youngsters 
who have learned um, not so nice ways to survive in this world. But uh, we are trying to recruit uh, juveniles who are from 15 to 20 years old um, and give them uh, virtual reality-assisted compassion-focused therapy to see if it has some effect on, uh, on the colors and emotional uh, traits and on the conduct disorder if we have some if we could um, increase some compassion uh, towards themselves and towards others and see if that uh, affects the way that they behave uh, but first to give, give you some uh, context about this Finnish um, criminal sanction system uh, and in in reform schools system in Finland, because we have this reform school system that is part of the child welfare system and not the juridical uh, system. It's kind, kind of um, out of home care and elementary school combined for um, juveniles who have severe problems, mainly um, of uh, school problems or conduct uh, disorder, or problems with with uh, substance use or, or criminality, and they may be uh, placed in reform school to to make sure that they um, they have um, that kind of rehabilitation that they need. So in reform schools, we have children who are under eighteen years old. But then we also have uh, the criminal liability age, which is fifteen years old. So if if a young people um, uh, conducts a crime and is sentenced to prison, we also have these uh, uh, juveniles in prisons who are placed in separate units than, than adults. So we have about 70 beds for young offenders who are uh, under 18 years old, or, or so underage, or young offenders who are under 21 years old. So or everyone under 21 years old are. Um, uh, placed in separate units away from adults. So we are uh, in the study project. We are recruiting um, participants from also, uh, from reform schools, but also from from prisons. Mm. And why we did, uh, started to do this, or why we were interested in this um, study project, was was because. Um, when we uh, when we think about treating detained youth, it's quite common that they have verbal deficits and emotional processing problems, like uh, problems with identifying their their feelings or communicating their feelings. Or they have poor vocabulary and and uh, problems in in comprehension uh, comprehension. So. So um, those traditional psychotherapy um, ways do not um, are not so effective for everyone, or or the young young people with verbal, verbal deficits and emotional processing problems are not so motivated for traditional therapy, but they are highly motivated on IT technology. So we thought that maybe if we combine traditional um, therapy with, with virtual reality, 
then we can get the um, uh, juveniles to be motivated to join the program because um, conduct disorders are, are the most diagnosed um, psychopathological disorder in detained youth and it's uh, it's um, uh, it's in contact with, with recidivism and and it's really important to try to to um, get some rehabilitation programs that that they really are motivated in to get um, the get to see some change in the in the behavior. And we know from previous research that um, when we use virtual reality on for mental health interventions, it's quite um, it's quite it, it has been uh, it has been shown to be quite effective for for example social phobias and and things like that because um, it's effective uh, because the uh, the subjective um, the immerse and the pre uh, presence in the virtual reality. Is so strong that it evokes so many emotional uh, responses, and it's it's um, it's possible to uh, possible to um, to um, to train the the new um, how to say the new skills anytime and anywhere we we kind of want. It's possible for us to uh, to create a safe environment for for juveniles to experience these. Uh, for example, physically dangerous situations that they need that they need to exposure for for to to learn new new um, new skills. So it's it's easy to use the VR technology because because of the possibilities to stop at any time and and try as many times as you need and possibility to practice uh, basically anywhere uh, at any time you want. So it's really, um, it has been shown to be really um, effective. And if we think about um, treating um, psychopaths that we heard previously from, from Chelsea Darby, it's quite uh, debated that uh, whether the psychopathic traits are treatable or not. Um, but actually there are quite... Um, there are not so many um, studies that have really tested the efficacy of um, some intervention programs uh, in in reducing the psychopathic traits. So, so um, um, we have what we have what we what I have learned from from previous studies is actually that. Um, there might be some maybe significant changes in the youth and their their way of behavior and and in their peer relationships uh, with different kind of psychotherapic or therapeutic models. For example, in uh, functional family therapy, where you give some kind of strength focused counseling to the whole whole family and and other kinds of therapeutic models models that have been proven to be quite effective and considering the um, high risk for these detained youth to to reoffend if they have these psychopathic traits or these callous and emotional traits 
it's quite high risk for them to to reoffend. So there is really actually a quite high need for for further studies for different kind of therapeutic models. So that is that's why we um, are bringing to Finland or studying compassion focused therapy, which was um, uh, or which is developed by Paul Gilbert. Uh, and his colleagues uh, um, in in previous 10 to 20 years. And um, it has been um, um, it has been um, shown to be quite helpful for particularly for people who have severe mental mental health problems especially those who have um, high levels of shame. And if we think about um, personality disorders and antisocial, dis- uh, antisocial personality disorder and psychopathic traits, it actually actually goes back to the attachment relationships and how they have affected us, the development of, of um how we see ourselves and how we see others, if we self, uh, see ourselves as worthy or unworthy of care and support, or if we say, see others uh, as um, caring and available or threatening and unavailable uh, person. So, so it's uh, the early attachment relationships quite uh, a kind of model the way that we see the world, if we see the world threatening or not, if we see ourselves worthy or not. So um, if we think about uh, personality disorders and antisocial disorder, uh, antisocial personality disorder, um, there's a um, quite big a part of that that goes back to the uh, sh- uh, shame and self-criticism. So over the past... I don't know, 15, 20 years, there have been, uh, there have been quite increasing uh, research interest in linking compassion and pro-social behavior or linking compassion, trying to affect the behavior to get it, um, to mold it for a more pro-social way. So, um, mm, so uh, when, we were, when we were going through uh, different kind of um, therapeutic models to see what would be really effective for these young prisoners. We came across this this uh, compassion-focused therapy model, which was um, created in in Portugal uh, by um, Diana Ribeiro da Silva and uh, Daniel Rijo. They were um, they had. Um, made 20 sessions CFT program with Paul Gilbert for young offenders with these callous and emotional traits and, and conduct disorders. And, um, and their aims were actually to connect the compassion with, with motives and aims to see, um, to help the young offenders to see how compassion helps to achieve their plans and and another aim was to provide psychoeducation about the um, 
the social basis or the evolutive basis of the brain function and and uh, the actions and emotions and they got quite amazing results uh, these portuguese studies uh, they found that giving 20 sessions cft the, to these young offenders it actually increased the compassion towards others and increased also self-compassion and by that it decreased the conduct problems and the results lasted for six months in six month follow-up so so they were uh, quite promising results and that's why we um, uh, thought that we should bring this model to Finland and now that we have uh, in prisons and uh, in prisons we have this virtual reality um, good experience with, with virtual reality so we we tried to or started to think that maybe we should combine these two elements to to see how it how it works so so what we are doing is is we are giving the uh, VR assisted compassion focused therapy for for these juveniles from 15 to 20 years old and to see if if it has some some kind of um, effects on on their compassion towards themselves and others and if it's if it decreases the conduct problems like we are um, like we think it it might might do um, I have some photos of um, the VR sessions if I only know how to uh, as it says this is um, the threat system that so the thing the core idea of compassion focused therapy is that um, humans have evolved three emotion regulation systems which is one is the threat system uh, which is for protection one is the drive system and one is for uh, one, one is the soothing system so we have uh, we have made these vr exposures um, like in line with these three three systems so uh, this is the threat system there are some some um, um, prison theater actors that uh, that have um, that are how to say acting in the in the videos. They are uh, the uh, videos that um, that get you feel uh, social shame, uh, social shame. And then if you go to the next slide, there are some that's. Uh, we have some videos for the soothing system, something uh, walking on the ice or walking in the in the forest or, or videos like that um, that affect your soothing system or help you to soothe. And then the last, the next next slide. This is uh, the drive system. So so we also have videos and and VR assisted games for for the for the um, participants to play so that uh, they will stay motivated and and excited so all the vr exposure um, sessions are uh, include all these three kind of um, 
parts of, of the emotion regulation systems. So this is basically basically what we are going to going to do. Uh, the study phase starts. Uh, we are now recruiting the uh, the participants, and and the study phase is about to start on in August. Uh, and and um, and then we get to see how this this model really works, and what kind of re uh, results we get from from there. And this last slide is um, is what why we do this for. This is the the key idea or the the take home message for for everyone to how to say to to make sure that we we always remember why we do this that the kids are not um, uh, behaving badly because of uh, because they are somehow somehow bad but they are they are behaving that way because because they have um, they have had uh, problematic backgrounds. So this is um, this is actually what or uh, everything that I was about to present. But if we want to continue chatting and talking about these uh, these um, concepts, that I'm more than happy to to continue. Is it okay if I now join this the, the conversation? Because a very fascinating um, yes approach. Um, and I suppose my first question is: What's the reaction been like um, on a, on an informal level <clears throat> for the study project or, or for well, VR you, uh, in general? Yeah. The, the well, well, and you know the, the 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 people that you've worked with. What's that felt like? Have they? taken to it, embraced it because there's a novelty factor with anything like this initially i think p you 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 frozen for a moment um and your audio might just be a bit broken up but uh it'll either correct itself or if you rejoin that might help um but uh yeah. I, any of you want to you know what, what what's that reaction felt like um, the VR itself in um, the use of VR in in prisons ha has got really really positive feedback from from the prisoners and also from the staff and they, uh, everyone are quite um, of course um, how to say mm, like the no the novelty. The novelty effect that you that you told uh, that you said it's it's quite quite true that everyone are quite quite interested and, and excited about this kind of new new technology to be used in in this kind of settings and also this study project that I'm working in uh, it has has got uh, uh, quite excited um, feedback. At that point, but uh, let's see how this how this um, continues. And and the 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 organisations embrace this. I mean, again, the, the the natural skeptic says that this is about efficiency and it's about 
uh, you know, uh, reducing um, time in, you know, travel between therapy sessions and all of the things that take a lot of time and effort to organize. And this just means that somebody can sit with, you know, and, and, and do a, a managed, it, is there a separate and clear, distinct benefits? Do you think, is that what you're trying to establish with the the study at this point? Or is it, you know, it, 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 is, is it, you know, being driven by, you know, uh, uh, cost cutting as uh, as often happens. Actually, this um, this study project is driven by um, for, by the fact that um, young people are actually um, in the strategic focus point of the prison uh, the sanction system in Finland because we have uh, young people crime rates have been increasing and. And um, there are street gang phenomenon phenomenon in Finland and and things like that. So so um, um, so the prison sanction system is is um, quite motivated for everything that is about youth and and about um, recidivism and and trying to trying to um, affect that. So I think there is the there's also of course the cost effect um, points of view, but but also the a big bigger picture about the uh, young people uh, crime rates and do you, do you think this can be so so the the, the model because one of the things that's it's, it's emerged from the conversation certainly we've had today and and listened to so many uh, discussions today about the the internationalization of the process for. Uh, criminal justice supervision, probation, punishments—you know, all all of these things—is that we're, we're we're entering into with the the technology that we've got. So you can apply. I mean, it was interesting with the photographs that you showed. Um, are they particularly going for a walk in the ice? Is I you know very either Alaskan or, or or northern European? You know, north North American, uh, and it's it's but. Can this be applied easily in other places, or is there something that you would would say would be socially and culturally specific to Finland, or is this something which maybe can be more generic and and, and applied in other places? Yeah, I think that maybe walking on the thin ice is only soothing for for Finnish. Uh, Finnish people, but um, I think that absolutely can be um, modeled to, uh, and we we also have different kind of uh, videos for the soothing system. Not only those uh, those uh, ones when where we walk on the thin ice, but uh, actually I don't think that there are um, um, so many problems to. To do it in um, to how to say to make it international or to uh, to to uh, I'm lo- losing my words to um, uh, to make it useful also in other parts of uh, parts of the world because um, the the uh, compassion focused therapy um, all the all the studies of that 
about the emotion regulation systems, the threat system, the soothing system, and the drive system, they are actually not um, not culturally dependable or how to say. Yep. So if we just mm. change the videos for different kinds of... Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to br- bring in Peard because, Peard, we lost you for a moment and I hope, I'm not sure whether we've lost you again because you again seem frozen. Can you hear us? Well, we've done well with um, our, our journey around the world uh, and pipped at the the last post is uh, it's like reaching the finish line and just stumbling before, you know, <laughs> you, you cross that line. But uh, uh, so, no, I, I, I think we'll, we'll, we, we're going to wrap up. Um, uh, what we could do at some point, uh, Yenny, is come back and do a, a podcast uh, again, uh, late, maybe later in the, well, the, the final thing from me then is to thank everybody who's contributed to, uh, to, to all of the sessions and for jumping in, some jumping in at the last minute as well. And, um, uh, uh, just kind of offering things which were, I think, insightful and, um, connected and, and being open to the process of discussion. Um, and we've seen it across a different number of, uh, uh, levels from research to practice to policy development and all the way that all of these things are interconnected is really important so we we kind of the the process of bringing everybody together to have this kind of dialogue uh is is something that we hope to do uh more of in the future and and, and watch out so all of the material will be up on the um the, the incj website uh, and we'll We'll share it out via LinkedIn and Twitter and YouTube. And uh, if you want to look for the uh, anything that's coming up, uh, there'll be a batch at 6 p.m. UK time that will be available, uh, the first batch. Uh, that's uh, uh, criminaljusticenetwork.net is our website address. Uh, so for me, um, I'm going to just thank Yenny and Pia again. Uh, thank you so much for, for 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 taking part in this, and it was very fascinating. I'm really sorry we didn't get to ask more questions about it, but we got through most of the uh, most of the challenge, and 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 we will we'll, it's enjoy the, the 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 long. Is it a celebration in Finland for summer solstice? For the mid midsummer, yes. Right. Okay, well, you've given up enough time in your evening. Now it's time to go and celebrate with friends for midsummer. So uh, we'll speak to you all soon. So, <laughs> no, it actually now is the time that uh, it almost uh, almost doesn't set at all. So there's o- only a small period of time that um, the sun sets, but it's quite quite sunny or quite light still through the night. You have been listening to the INCJ podcast, conversations about international criminal justice. To find out more, go to our website at criminaljusticenetwork.net or follow us on Twitter at INTCJ Network.